The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Ben Haworth. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman. Welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. We're back to Bob, baby! Dance a view. Yeah. into the we got podcast. A view. Nice. This cast is all you need. Perfect. I, I don't know. This, perfect. Yeah, I was about no, to say perfect. that. I can't we, add to that. That's if perfect. we had planned that, it would not have gone that well. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week we're doing a view to a kill, the last of the Roger Moores. Some we say the worst of the Roger Moores. We'll see what you guys think. Uh, yeah. yeah. I have a view to a kill summary, which is something that I never thought I'd read because uh, it is kind of incomprehensible. After recovering a micro trip from the body of a deceased colleague in Russia, British <laughs> I love how 003 is a deceased colleague in Russia. British secret agent James Bond, Roger Moore, discovers that the technology has the potential for sinister applications. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, investigate. <laughs> doesn't all technology to some extent has the, you know, it's not like we thought Facebook was going to be the downfall of society or anything, but here we are. <laughs> uh, investigating further, Bond is led to Max Zorin, Christopher goddamn fucking walking the head of zorin industries soon agent 007 faces off against the villainous zorin and his tough amazonian bodyguard may day may <laughs> for i always forget her name is may day uh, grace jones who are scheming to cause massive destruction that will eliminate the competition it's not a great scheme on his part honestly zorin like serious questions here <laughs> about his like possible sanity and if this was like a great plan to begin with but anyways let's go around the horn real quick and see uh what people think uh let's start with you ben what did you think of a view to a kill well i'm going on a very classic uh deep dive here which is that i'm curious what one best original song in 1985 because uh it wasn't this because uh not until adele did a bond song win best song yeah. which is kind of crazy yeah. mm. um and this it is, is the a best movie part of this I've movie. never heard of, but what did not win, and now I'm angry, it's The Power of Love from Back to the Future. What a mistake, looking back. Uh, I understand <laughs> hey. Huey Lewis is a big old goober, and uh, they didn't want to give it to him, but uh, fuck you. It's incredible. It's uh, The mm-hmm. Power of Love. It's I, stuck in your I, head. Look, It'll always look, be stuck in your head. I, yeah. I love you, but like the... I, I understand that, but like, it's not even the best song in that movie. Like, unfortunately for them, like it would all, it will always, if you, if you like want to play a song from back in the future, it's going to be Chuck Berry, man. which I know is like, you can't, yeah, but Chuck it's not Berry an original be. song. I Johnny know. Be good. But, yeah. I like it's I, I know, I know. It's yeah. I, the power love's not as good as the first rock and roll song ever. Like I'm, the, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mr. Sandman myself. I do like Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman's yep. That fits your old soul, Trevor. <laughs> and the funny thing is both Mr. Sandman and Power of Love have remixes that I can't get out of my head, which is the oh, Mr. Sandman, oh yeah. bring me uh, a sand. And then the, the Power of Love remix is better than Power of Love, in my opinion, to be honest. That the thing is that, just that, says like, you don't need a credit card to ride that train 800 times. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, that, that, that thing will get oh, in your head. It's on my head. It's in my it head will now. never go away. You're just done. You're just, it's in there forever, at least. For All right, at least well, the, I've, I've derailed the podcast in four minutes. Um, let's get to I wasn't a trying kill, too which I, I actually do. <laughs> this is a weird one. I mean, I, 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 I avoided it for a very long time 
80s Roger Moore is tough. I, I, I just think something about the transition from Moonraker to a view to a, to a, to for years only. The man put on 10 years somehow. I don't know. It just by this point, he's really starting to look 50. I know Daniel Craig is <laughs> close in age to how he is now, but we've advanced in our <laughs> disturbing de-aging processes as a species. Uh, Roger Moore just well, steals it. And the, the, he just doesn't seem yeah, into the, it. The, diff- look, the difference here to some extent is that like Roger Moore is of the age before like bonds had to be ripped. Like now, now yeah. in like this day and age, our 50 year olds that are like ripped for the purposes of movie look better than I do at 30. So like, let's oh, just yeah. be honest about like oh, what yeah. the expectation in Hollywood and oh, like yeah. Chris Evans has done to us. But like, I, yeah, understand. Please, he, I understand his ass looks and, old in this movie, but it looks old. Uh, but uh, there's some interesting stuff in that, particularly I think the two things that save this movie are uh, the absolute ham platter served on a ham table in a ham castle that is uh, (laughs) Grace Jones and Christopher Walken. I mean, this is one of my all-time favorite Bond pairs. They are ridiculous. They are completely (laughs) ridiculous, but I appreciate that it actually has some some arcs, and uh, I'll just quickly say that uh, this is a movie that infamously Roger Hebert said uh, so the plan in this movie is that he is going to uh, destroy uh, San Francisco where all the microchips are made so that he'll have all, all the, the, the monopoly on microchips, except all the microchips aren't made there. In the 80s, they were made in Japan. So he would just be <laughs> destroying the people he wanted to sell to because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the people in Silicon Valley are the ones who buy the microchips. So anyways, it's just funny when Roger Ebert has just hates your movie so much in the three minutes. He has to explain why your plot is dumb. Um, I, but I, 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 I just, dig this one, even if it's a big pile of stupid. That's my ultimate take. I'm really glad you brought that up because it's one of the things I was kind of wondering the whole time. It's like, is it, I didn't think it was called Silicon Valley because it's literally where all the silicon was. I thought it was just where the tech companies were. <laughs> no. I was no. really confused. So I'm glad we got I, that out I, of the I way. I don't know. Slate <laughs> is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it still I makes more sense than Octopussy. The best, the best part of this movie will always be that Duran Duran soundtrack. But yeah, the, like Christopher Walken and Grace Jones are like just a fun pair. Also, just like, I, I'm sorry, like there's more sexual chemistry between Christopher Walken and Grace Jones on that Mac oh, yeah. than all of the James Bond movies combined. Anything else, literally anything else. Yeah, it's like yeah, they, watching her like bite his nose. I'm like, oh, that's that's like, oh, that's a that's a thing. This is really when Bond starts to get into some kink territory and starts to flirt with some kinky right. or people oh, okay, in the villain okay. side. Like, we we drowned girls. I mean, we don't want to consider it kink, but like he's like unconsensually oh, drowning no, women. Oh no, Bambi and Thumper were pretty kinky. I, I forgot. Yeah, that, 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 that shit was kinky. <laughs> that shit was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I always find it when Bond is like, you know, he's very much the more conservative. Oh, I I sleep with. I convince women to sleep with them, but I don't do any weird stuff. The the, the uh, fact <laughs> for the Grace Jones sex scene with Roger Moore, which is just I, I have to admit, it's just horrifying to to just be like, I'm going to get in bed with this 70 year old man. It's not he's not 70 in that scene, but he looks it. Um, I do think Roger Moore did not age well. Is one of the problems. He looks significantly older than he did in Octopussy, and I, I was really actually curious about this because I mean, not to be ageist or anything, but like I. He looks like a vampire at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and I was trying to find out what happened. And like, 
I don't know. I've, I've literally found on Reddit the same exact scene I had paused on my computer where he's looking at uh, Money Penny, and it just looks like his eyes are about to just like burn a hole in her face. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, know what it was. I, I, I do think Roger Moore may have been done like four movies ago he was apparently <laughs> very done by the time he made this and uh hor- i think i think he had a moment whenever he says he was like horrified in the making of this film because it was significantly more violent and by his standards and um because he found out that um his co-star's mother was younger than him and he was just like oh, okay Ooh. okay Ooh. i'm i'm done i i shouldn't be doing this anymore oh, tanya who, roberts are, are we yeah. talking about the the love interest in this like tanya, tanya roberts', roberts. mom Oh yeah. yes, uh, like I said, the late the the mom Donna's mom from that seventy show. She yeah. is so I I she is one of those people that I just in this movie I don't know if she has just a very unique cadence to her voice. Oh no, or she, she is in goddamn fucking sufferable. I'm or just, she's just I'm, terrible because I, I remember liking her on that seventy yeah. show, but she's yeah. much you know probably more mature and older no, as an actress by it, then, it, but still kind of weird, right? She, like, she's also the, gives the aspect of being like high all the time. That's the whole point yeah. of her character, like, and it <laughs> works for her. Like the whole point is the characters <laughs> out of it. So her, this actress, just seems out of it. And in the context of her just being like a normal love interest, you're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I, I just I feel like she was just like dipping like this movie came out in the 80s and uh, sorry. Uh, no, hold on. Uh, no. When did this? This is 85. Oh, oh, yeah. 85. So it's mid 80s. Yeah. I feel like she's still like doing like 70s drugs. You know what I mean? She hasn't transitioned to cocaine like everybody else. She's she's still doing pot. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, just out of the 60s. Like it's. <laughs> yeah i oh, though man. she also she also did sheena and the Beastmaster, which i think are like the two things she's like kind of known for uh, yeah she was anybody else like a scream queeny type um yeah. and and this is her biggest film by far and she really oh. kind of has not had a super big career outside of that 70s show like i think she's mm, got her that yeah. 70s show royalties your bond royalties and she just kind of disappeared after 2005 it's, a, it's amazing it's amazing to you that you can do like kind of a mid-tier television show and make infinitely more goddamn money than anything else you know? well if that's a good if it, it's if it reruns you know no it, well it's yeah. like like I, I i imagine like a view to a kill probably was like the biggest role for her but like i'm sure she made 10 times as much money off that 70 show oh, yeah. you know oh yeah like she it's, it's like it's a stupid check every month it's just crazy yeah. Same thing with Seinfeld. Like just anybody in remote association with that show just gets a bajillion dollars every month, apparently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anyone like, associated like, with the I was like, yeah. why don't I want to see Wayne Newton anymore? He's so he was so funny on Seinfeld. I was like, is he gonna have to He literally is just Wayne like Knight? can't get out of yeah, his Wayne house. Knight. Yeah, Wayne Knight. Buried yeah. in money. You're like like it's literally just like somebody brings a dump truck of cash to him every week and they're like, <laughs> Take it, you bitch. Like that's what this happens. Is, he just This is what the eleventh <laughs> lead of Seinfeld makes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get started, I just wanted to have like one my last note on Roger Moore's age, which is that uh, when I see him interact with Money Penny in the beginning of this film, especially after I found out that this would be Louise Maxwell's last appearance, I was just like, "You two, please just get together and go off into the sunset." Perfect ending for Moore, you know. Like they're the exact same age. I did not know that. Straight up to this point, they are both fifty-seven. Start playing bridge. Come on, just get out of there. This bridge. Get the fuck out of there. English countryside. Yeah. Clearly a young man's game, man. Just like get her wrapped up in like a bonnet and just get the fuck out of there. You know? 
<laughs> she cries when she thinks he's dead at the end. You know, it's a thing. It's it's just this sweet, you know, low key thing that I, I will miss about seeing her uh, when we get to the next one. I mean, we obviously change bonds, and it would probably be just like completely implausible by then. I guess that she would be kind of a no. I, whatever I, I she still is buy to, to the, the in universe but. existing idea that like these guys just retired or more likely got murdered <laughs> in the case of you know, and then it's all just a continuation. It's been a whole series. It's all the same stuff, even though you know now we're repeating things and you would know what specter was and that doesn't make sense and all this other stuff but still i don't you know it's, it's just fun to imagine it like that because money penny is just money penny this this is the good money penny and more is just the right age for her and it all just sort of works and it's just like and, and we're about to i think uh, is we're, we're about to change money pennies right like that's uh, what i'm saying the yeah, doll well, era is, is a new money penny last. right uh-huh. Yes, there's a new penny, money penny who only exists for two. I want to say, yeah, and because they then make you, her get, way you get too young, you get, and it's not great. Mm. Golden eye money penny. I'm not gonna lie, is uh, is something else. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't like. I, I find her incredibly attractive. <laughs> also, yeah, she's I think, very attractive, I, and she gets yeah. one of the dumbest scenes ever. And I think world's not enough. There's one really, uh, really bad money penny scene. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget that like ninety percent of bronze bronze is trash, and like you know, it's just like Goldeneye is just very good. I will stand up for world that's not enough, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I might be willing to like make a case for Tomorrow Never Dies every once in a while. That's going to be an interesting film because I I do think Tomorrow Never Dies will be the one where we're going to have some serious disagreements about like what it is. It is yeah. not aged well, but it is still I think a competent movie, which is I think I think they were still trying. Um, I think this movie is a lot more competent than Octopussy and it kind of its pacing and it's, um, I don't know. It just, it's very tired, <laughs> but it is also very watchable and very yeah. kind of it, by the it's numbers. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like when you watch a John Ford Western in his like late career, it's like, you know, he doesn't give a shit, but he's done it so many times that it can't be bad. You know what I mean? Like he's done a thousand mm. Westerns. He's not going to make a bad one. It's going to be at least yeah. good, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think. And, and I don't know if this is necessarily good, but it's like it's nice to go back to guy with overly elaborate plot. It's guy, you know, we, we got our, our classic. OK, let's put him on a blimp this time. That's different. And he does the same thing as the guy from uh, Spy Who Loved Me, um, essentially. But, you know, it's fun to, like, throw a person out of a blimp with stairs. Comical. Man, does this movie have a hard on for blimps like that yeah. whole reveal yeah. when he drops stairs. out of the blimp. Yeah. It's you just like we were on a blimp the whole time. You didn't somebody, know. Uh-huh. Somebody in the production cast met a guy who owned a bunch of blimps. Like that's like that that's joke what, in Archer. That's, that's, that's like, like exactly it's a dirigible. It's a dirigible. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, and I think this is the thing. I think they finally succeeded. It took them like eight to 11 years, but they finally succeeded. They did. They, they went to the 11 on Moonraker and they finally did what they wanted to do, which is they wanted to make another spy who loved me or the man with the golden gun or or I even maybe live and let die but I think definitely those second two are the two that they were trying to remake in this movie and I think the thing that they get in this one is that the spectacle is there now mm-hmm. I find the love story just totally inane uh, the plan is just insane in this one and the the love interest is just holy crap and and Roger Moore just wants to is this is like this is like him and this is like diamonds are forever level Sean Connery like he wants out he like he's like I guess like, he's so looking over the nap. edge of the gold yeah he's looking <laughs> over the edge of the Golden Gate Bridge he's like I could just jump motherfuckers you know he's like you'll never make this movie come out yeah <laughs> no I, one I will think, ever have to know that Grace Jones put a dildo in my ass that was pretty fun <laughs> sorry uh, I, 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 
I think I guess I just prefer Roger Moore's I'm very, very tired to Sean Connery's fuck you and everyone involved. I hate everyone here attitude. Yeah. Um, but I guess it depends how you like it. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a much nicer guy than Sean Connery. You can tell that like he's, yeah. he's done, done, yeah. done, done. And this is probably like he's like too nice. So they like got him into like three more movies than Connery. But like he's, he is he was done three movies oh, ago. He was true. like, ah, I'm going to do this. I do find that even in Octopussy, though, like the like the in live in like sorry for your eyes only is the first one where the love interest doesn't make sense and is really super awkward. Uh, Octopussy is just as uncomfortable. This is where it's like maximum uncomfortable, but I don't particularly care because the love interest is so annoying. I'm like, you deserve whatever foul fate befalls you because <laughs> you are so annoying. Uh, I I don't know, and I like the actress; she's fantastic in that '70s show. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but just. Her portrayal. Oh no, we've all agreed that her performances. I mean, just she's the pitch, out. The pitch she's outshined by. I mean, as I think is kind of a trend for me that the love interest Bond girl is all outshined by the villain yeah, Bond girl. It, if there is, is one. Yeah, because because the femme fatale is exactly what Bond actually wants in a series, and I don't know why we have to add in the good girl. Like we should just always have a have a have a somebody that's you know threatening James oh. Bond, and that's like yeah. Oh, I just read that's, something really. Really un- brutal. <laughs> well, uh, tell me, tell uh, Tess, lay it down, uh, lay it down. So Roger Moore said of of, of uh, Tanya Roberts, who plays Stacey Stutton, that he thought, quote, there was little or no chemistry between the two, where Tanya yeah. Roberts repeatedly said she had high regards for Roger Moore. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Tanya. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. Like, I, I like, I. He's a nice guy, but like, man, I could just, I, you could just see his like acting frustration in scenes. Like, you could tell that that was like the fifth take with her, and he was just like, ah, <laughs> like, it's like. Well, that's the thing. I, I feel bad about it more. Is I, I do think you're right. The broccoli's just kept coming back because they were just they were just too worried to do a, new, a third new Bond. You know, really fourth. Yeah. You know? Um. Well, then yeah, no, they third th- new Bond. Yes, they, they right thought now. the series would end. Like they, they talked about that. They thought that like they couldn't do it again. They thought they couldn't pull it off again. They thought this would be the last goddamn James Bond. And they were like, they they really they put way more pressure on Roger Moore. They had him more over a, like they had him more. He was very invested in the film crew and the project to a certain extent than Sean Connery was. And so they felt more comfortable putting yeah. a lot more pressure on him. It's like what I think Broccoli said. in Right. They, they, they finally had the their. Not to be rude to Roger Moore, but their yes man who would go along with their plots and you know yeah, and you make really some good movies what, that way. Yeah, and he, he he did silly ones, he did crazy ones, you know. And other than like not liking the violent ones, you know, scenes, he he mostly uh, contributed uh, eagerly to everything. I think it was just the age thing, and and he personally just did feel very grossed out by the. And I think this is just a combo of like. Finding out the mom is older and Tanya Roberts having no chemistry with him and him just being like, and then like, frankly, you know, Grace Jones being a crazy wild card. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what this is anymore. I don't know how to deal with actors like Grace Jones and Christopher Walken. That's a different breed of person. Well, they both had the same acting coach. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, yeah, Grace Jones's outfits are the highlight of this movie for me. I had never heard of her or really known about her before this movie, but I just, uh, she designed, they let her design her own outfits, uh, with her own fashion designer that she used for a lot of her own work. So I just, nice. I, I find her presence just like fascinating <laughs> generally. Like one of the more visually interesting things in the movie is her goddamn wardrobe. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, apparently Roger Moore and Grace Jones weren't on speaking terms for the majority of production, which is just yeah, I saw that too. I hate that. That's that's horrifying. That makes me upset. I, I like. I feel like the dildo is actually kind of funny, which I probably take Jones's side on that. That that's hilarious, you know. Uh, but still, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably uptight. Roger Moore is like, I don't very much appreciate that. <laughs> this, is, this is a professional film shoot. I'm not. Ad- advise such chicanery, you know. Whatever. Is this a weekend film shoot? <laughs> That's when I get my. Yeah, he probably has happening. some old timey British word for porn. Like this isn't a knicker knockoff picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, go ahead. So with Christopher Walken, similarly with Nicolas Cage, sometimes it's too much. For, for the wrong film, do you feel like it's a lot of walking? This is definitely one of the most walking performances, particularly in his youth. It, do you guys feel like it matched the film well enough, or was it just too wild? I was I, honestly expecting, just knowing who he is, just it to be even more over the top than it was. I thought it was <laughs> kind of sub- subdued to bur- compared to what I was expecting, which I don't know, maybe to be fair, just for a Bond villain, I just I just need like as much fucking camp as possible to the walls for me to like, I don't know, like it. But um, I, I, I think he's good. I just I, I don't know. He, he um my favorite line is when he says, yes, you amuse me, Mr. Bond. Like, this, this is my favorite line. And that's, that's when it peaked for me. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Mayday kind of outshines him, too. I, I don't know. He just does, like, enjoy <laughs> machine gunning people at the end, which is the thing Roger which, Moore again, like about it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I that It does feel, like, slightly out of place, right? Like, that that scene was, like, a little bit much. And also, I just think that, like, you know, he, he has a dis he's a real villain in a very unserious movie. Do you know what I mean? That's one of the things that's right. like, maybe like I said, like at some points he's mm-hmm. like, I, I just, I, I really want him to just be kind of, you know, later days, Christopher Walken is like, I'm a goofy guy. Hey, <laughs> like, you know, but he's not, he's really, he's like going for like a serious villain performance and a little bit of a craze. It's kind of a readjustment period. I think with like, you know, with foreground knowledge of like what Christopher Walken is going to become, it's kind of hard to go back and watch him just do a serious role and kind of actually act into it. And then, be like a murderous son of a sociopath and it's one of those things where it's like you know and also kind of just like sexually explicit with with grace jones and it's like apparently they had a great they had a great time doing that by the way which i I totally get the vibe it's just she's like biting him and i was like yeah grace jones had fun with christopher walken i'm glad like i don't know i was like i I was about to say if i was on set (laughs) i know exactly of the of everybody of of this cast i want to hang out with you know what i mean like i was just like yeah Yeah. They're definitely well, they're having the most fun in the movie. There's no question. And I did enjoy their dynamic and their their performances for sure. Probably the highlight. Yeah. yeah. Also, Dolph Lundgren's first on-screen role. Who is that, please? Uh, General Gorgol's KGB bodyguard, Vins. Oh, boyfriend. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Grace Jones, Grace Jones' boyfriend, I think, was it? Uh, he landed in the yeah. position because he was dating Grace Jones at the time of filming. was con- uh, conveniently on set when director John Glenn realized he quickly needed someone to fill in as a simple gun-wielding bodyguard. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. Yep. You know who Dolph yep. Lundgren is, right? No. L- uh, Rocky IV. Rocky IV. Uh, oh. Main villain in Rocky IV. Yeah. Oh, also... Yeah, I guess you're right. 
he's he's in Master of the Universe, I guess. Uh, maybe I just like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like Master of the Universe because it's wild. <laughs> yeah, I just it, I, mean, I, I don't know, man. I was like, I've seen I've seen Master of the Universe more times than I've seen Rocky Four. For some reason, like no one wants to admit they own that movie, so anyone can use it on TV. Is what I think. It's the only reason that movie gets replayed. <laughs> just like no one's like, you can have it. I don't give no, a fuck. I, I, I've seen Rocky two through five. So many more times than I've seen Rocky One because Rocky One clearly is way more expensive to show on TV. Yeah. Whereas the sequels mm-hmm. are not, uh, yeah. particularly three yeah. through five, because two was still a big hit and the th- three through five were, were solid hits. They, they all were hits. But yeah, man, yeah, those yeah. movies, three through five, got repeated all the time. And so, I don't think I saw Rocky One until like five years after I saw Rocky two through there, five. I, I feel like there was a run while we were in college where the sci fi channel like played Masters of the Universe like fucking every day. I don't know what it, if Probably. it was like that. And it was just like, it was like we always had it on in the background. And Andrew's like, I fucking hate this movie. And then I would sit down and start watching it because Andrew said he hated it because I'm just a dick like that. <laughs> that was a terrible That's roommate. A classic yeah, anyways. canon con job movie. What a great, yeah. great disaster. <laughs> it would piss him off. Yeah, I loved it. It would piss him off. Like, why, if they would do things and it would physically piss him off. And it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I thought it was, it was one of those things that, like, I thought, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I, we had a very serious disagreement of, like, what constituted bad movies. And we talked about, like, what was, like, eligible as a bad movie. And I definitely thought that was a fantastic bad movie. So, I don't know. Skeletor. At the end of that movie. Sorry, why the fuck am I talking about Masters of the Universe? So sorry, you know, guys. Frank Langella constantly is like, Skeletor was my best role I've ever done. I just oh, yeah. love him for I that. I, I love, love that. him. I love He's him like, I, so I much. I love Skeletor. He was such an interesting, deep character. <laughs> yeah, he was. he was. He was. Like, I'm like, okay. okay. I don't know what's yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't give that um, man a CGI cartoon movie. But he can play yeah, Skeletor, yeah. please. I think the world is ready for a new Masters of the Universe. We were kind of on the topic of tone. If we want to get back to that, just just throw that. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. I mean, tone is <laughs> tone is wild in this movie, right? It, we talked it's, about it's, that in Octopussy too. How it's like goes from nightmarish to campy, and I don't know if that ever goes into the, full nightmare mode here. It I, never commits the sin of putting Bond in clown makeup. Yeah, I, it's one of my things too, where I've been slowly realizing that the majority of Bond movies are missing the tone of Bond. Like, there's probably like five or six movies that have have kind of made the tone that we associate as like the Roger Moore era Bond tone, and the majority of it are not matching quote unquote that tone. It's one of those things like the spy. Like, like let's just talk about this like for a second. Like Moonraker, the spy who loved me, kind of the man with the golden gun, and that's kind of it, honestly. Because uh, Live and Let Die is not in the right tone. Uh, in terms for of Pete uh, Camp, if that's what we want it to be, yeah, we've kind of talked about that before. Yeah, but yeah. it's also like there's like a lot more going on there. I mean, maybe I. I those three, I mean, sorry, those four, I'll accept. But for your eyes only on, there's there's a tone issue, and Roger Moore clearly disagrees with it, and I have to agree with him. I, like Bond's killing people. Yeah, the pendulum is still swinging and, here between, for sure, right? And yeah, it's, like, it's and noticeable that the next two Dalton go much more to the grim territory. They're the first attempt to turn mm-hmm. Bond into it. Yeah, uh, once again, yeah. to a level even more right. so than I'd say from Russia with love of a. A, yeah. a, a bleak spy, but they still have some wacky side plots. I mean, literally, though, the, the, the villain in License to Kill is like Miami drug dealers. It is a like, 1980s Miami Vice style plot line, you know. 
Yeah. And and the problem for me is that 87 on camp dies in Bond. And that's the problem. It gets quietly, very quietly reintroduced to. Oh, I, it, no, I mean, it's reintroduced. Uh, in more, has some level and then of murdered. Camp. Yeah. yeah. Well, world is not enough and die another day have camp. Uh, tomorrow never dies. And Goldeneye has some. Man, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's bombasticy, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's it's definitely your dad's airport novel camp. Oh, that's not a like great camp. one. Yeah, it's like a James. It's like a, a Tom <laughs> yeah. Clancy Patterson. Ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patterson. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. one because yeah. it's like it's still like Russians and intrigue and. But it's also like there's a big golden eye that you have to plug into a satellite that makes a giant EMP, and it's it's a bit over the top. Yeah, because it's overwrought, and it's definitely on the description of the back of a like an airport novel that's been left that's in the trash. Like, I think that's the thing. It's like there's no. I have zero. So both of those films are campy, but they're not more camp and golden eye camp, and on even into. Uh, the world is not enough is just uh, I mean not the world is not enough but die another day Maybe is the world just, is not enough has some pretty grim shit in it um, yeah die was, another day is actually the outlier here where they try to go back and they kill it so fast because it just doesn't work <laughs> like that's so fast that it's CG. like the, the 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 four year gap between that and Casino Royale feels like a three decade gap it does not yeah. feel like <laughs> 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 like I cannot believe that. that there's a longer gap between Spectre and No Time to Die when like Die Another Day and Casino Royale feel like they were decades apart in terms of tone. Yeah. <laughs> I think the That's- craziest scene for me in this movie that made me think about all that is just the whole fire and fire escape sequence where the, ah. the where he's he's carrying he's carrying um his co-star down the ladder yeah. and like the theme comes back and the crowd is like yeah it's just like what i i just it's an odd uh, i it's don't know i never seen it is weird and we keep uh going back to the drunk in the park who's just like ah my guy for, for just no i don't know why i did a bore that, that's there. that's sorry, a roger moore like, era thing where it's, it's just like there's random people that recognize bond and they're like hey you're that british spy uh, yeah. and it's like and it's like they're like it's like it, they they there's like weird tantalizing tastes of meta and and like and all over the place more it's never consistent it's not like there's an era of like a lot of the things you can see here's the here's the beginning era more here's the mid era more with Moonraker and then here's the the ending era of more with a view to a kill and it's like there's there's like a progression in how it works but like when they'll touch meta stuff and like random movies in the timeline they just do it all over the place it has nothing to well, do and then with right any. after that scene they do Keystone Cops right 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 right, just, right. Uh, and, and, and just in general like I'm watching the scene right now and and I can't believe how much they bungle some of these stunts where like so he's got the fire truck. It's going towards a bridge. It's going over the thing. So, okay, well, at least we'll watch a fire truck over a bridge. They don't show it actually jumping the bridge. Yeah, they don't. Or if yeah, they yeah. do, they, you barely see it. It's completely out of frame. Yeah. They totally yeah, 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 yeah. fucked up that shot. That is 100% a failed stunt. And I, it's one of those things, too. It's, it's a problem because there actually is a really, really good fire ladder uh, stunt movie in a bad movie. And I'm wondering if you know which one it is I'm talking about, Jack. Uh, fire ladder stunt in a movie. I'm trying We're to like think. a chase with a with a truck with a fire ladder. Oh, I I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's not Buster Keaton. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, I mean, Terminator Jackie Three. Chan? It's Terminator mm. Three has a fire truck chase that is really good. It's the only good thing about Terminator Three. 
Is that? Is a is, crane? Oh, no, it is a crane. I'm sorry. I, it's my a crane. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I was trying to think wrong. of every every like like deep cut cinema, and I went the Jackie Chan ladder fight, and I was like, no, uh, <laughs> no Buster no, Keaton. I, my memory was wrong. My, like, my apologies. It's, it's a crane, not a ladder. The Buster go. Keaton but ladder very, fight is It's much a similar better. idea of like a. Big, oh, it's long, the same. It's the same fucking thing. I, I, I totally it's, understand it's why you're making It's genuinely way more interesting and exciting. Uh, than this and I granted oh, that's, that's 1985 and that's 2005 but it's also the case of uh, I just don't think they really even knew what the fuck they were doing with this it's like is this stunt funny is it exciting like at least with Moonraker with the gondola on the thing they knew that shit was supposed to be funny yeah <laughs> and, and it was dumb that. <laughs> yeah you know they got it. it was dumb as fuck but they knew that when it goes by the drunk he goes talked about the opening opening credit sequence with the uh, beach boy beach boys snowboarding riff also oh, can we, can oh, that's say, awful that was yeah awful. yeah also can we just say that the other things too i hate that bond for a lot of this movie is wearing like just a button down and like a leather jacket like a leather bomber jacket that really doesn't fit him properly and it just mm-hmm. makes him like it's one of those things where it's just like i don't know if they were if he was like overweight at the time of this feeling he doesn't look overweight he looks old but it just like the, the like the bomber jacket just like ages him so much you either have to be like indiana jones like 25 shooting or you can't wear that kind of bomber jacket do you know what i mean it just doesn't work also mm -hmm. don't do the full bomber where it tucks in at the base because it just makes your body look like a like you're wearing a bag <laughs> like, 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 like I, I'm not, there's nothing against the jacket it's a very warm nice jacket and it's a nice thing to wear but you sure as fuck don't want to like film somebody in it just like walking around it's like i'm a plumb and i'm james bond it's like it's, i don't know it's like it's <laughs> well especially like uh it's it's a thing of uh sorry i'm trying to look up live and let die outfits no, um, no, you're fine <laughs> it, it's very similar to Yes, he is like a very tight sweater in this one. I thought he did. Um, yeah. In in, in uh, Roger Moore, I see a very similar thing that happened with the cast of the original series of Star Trek films. Yeah. Where they come back with nice, pressed, tight uniforms. And by six, they're wearing just big, baggy pajamas, essentially. And they just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. you can just tell the cast, like, I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> it's cold <laughs> on set. I want a lot of layers. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's and like everybody's like James Doohan being like, put on a few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and and William Shatner too. Let's not let's not let's not call out Bill as well. No, they look good in those. I have to admit, those costumes, Star Trek Six costumes are pretty good too, because they get the little they get the little shoulder strap thing. Five I, is I like the one those. that looks super cheap. Five is the one that looks really, really cheap. The one that's yeah. really good. <laughs> oh so, sweet yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's bad. I've forgotten. All right. Yeah. I, let's let's fucking put some scores on this movie because I don't have much more to say about this. Yeah. Uh, other than the like, fact that I like, enjoy the golden the golden gate sequence is actually kind of fun. Christopher Walken yeah. going like ham with an axe coming out of a blimp. It's just like that's yeah. that's just like it's it's not cheesy because he's established himself as a horrific villain by this point. But it is still like, ah, like it's just 
just it's like axe murder levels of fun. I don't know. I like it. I, I like that whole sequence. I'm I'm actually like and then when they're tossing around the dynamite and the thing and it's like, oh, get it out with the rich people. And then they blow them up. It's I, I don't know. It's I, it was fun. It's fun. The whole sequence of that is fun. And then I, I don't understand Grace Jones's turn because I feel like with every breath, she's staring daggers at Sean Connery. But like, holy crap. <laughs> Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roger Moore. Sorry. Same person. No, I'm just kidding. Let's <laughs> put scores on this thing. Uh yeah, let's uh so who wants to go first? I'll go ahead. And, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give it. Eh, I'll give it a five point five. Um, mm-hmm. it's close to a six, but I'll I'll still give it a five point five. It's decent enough, I guess. So that's why I'm going five point five. I'd still say if you're looking for a, a good camp one, this is fun. But uh, if Roger Moore's not your guy, or if uh, you know the camp ones aren't your thing, then you're fine skipping it. I, I think, you know, it, it has its defenders out there, but they're not, they're not many. Um, it is very enjoyable in parts. I think that's the problem. It's like I like all the walking Grace Jones scenes. Um, I like some of the wild elements, like the blimp. I like a lot of the. Uh, I love something that I I pointed out to a friend of mine when I watched this one is as far as I can tell, this is the last time that we had like a a casual conversation with the villain scene. This is something yeah. that Moore mm. and 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 Connery do where they'll like just hang out with the villain before they actually start to spar with them. And I kind of miss that. Uh, uh, oh, they'll still meet the villain you, sometimes, but they're already they do that in Skyfall. They do that in Skyfall a little bit. Like he has that scene where it's like there's like that sexual tension between them. Like yeah, that's but attempting he's, to recreate he's, it. He's captured and everything. I mean, just more like they're oh, equals. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if Bond's yeah. pretending to be someone else or something, you know, it's like just just chilling. Yeah. No one's yeah. cheating in golf. You're right. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, so, so I do kind of miss that as, as cheesy as it is. It's just one of those nice, comfortable things about Bond. Um, it's got enough wacky shit. Like a, we, we didn't even mentionify that uh, Grace Jones kills a person with a butterfly prop <laughs> which is yeah, the weirdest I thing i wanted to ever. bring that up and then skydives off the eiffel tower just wacky shit like that is great but there's not enough of it to, to save it and i do think it drags a lot and i think the middle bit is really rough and i don't think tanya roberts is particularly that good she's and the worst part is she's not even aggressively like terrible like some of the bonds that are coming up but she's just so unmemorable to me um so yeah, oh, what that's do you like mean? Ultimate amount. What did you say? What were you saying? Who was that about? Sorry, Tanya Roberts. Oh, Tanya oh, Roberts, the 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 Bond yeah. girl. This one. She's, yeah. No, she's I very, I. She's my worst. I hate her worst. the most. I, she's my worst. It's, it's tough because like I think there are more actively bad ones, but the, this one is just like I, it, it, it's just it's a just pit. a white noise. <laughs> It's a pitch mm. thing for me. It's also just like it's like she is probably the least capable Bond girl, which I've never particularly understood. I mean, diamonds are mm. forever in her. I find I find that at least the diamonds are forever girl understands the pitch she's going for. Do you know what I mean? Like she's like, I'm yeah, she's dumb. annoying, but she's supposed to be annoying. Yeah, right. And this girl yeah. is just unintentionally annoying in a way that I just cannot abide. <laughs> the scene when all the goons show up at her house just as Bond gets there and he helps yeah. them fight her off and then. It's just like 
several minutes pass. They talk about three other things and then they address like, oh yeah, so all those guys were uh, from Zorin. Oh, okay. That's what, that's what just happened. That's, that's why we just had to like fight off a bunch of goons. It's just so weird. It's so yeah, strange. Yeah. It just takes forever to establish why the shit happened. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. 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 Uh, Not another, her fault necessarily, but it, it, it yeah. definitely is, is part of it. Yeah, another good skiing scene too. That's the other thing I like. I love how I love how like Moore is just absolutely the skier bond, and I love how they find 003, and it's just like there's always another double double O. If you're any other number but seven, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like if you show you show up in a 007 movie to die, essentially. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I'll go next before you, Trevor, and I have to get I I enjoyed the shit out of this actually. Ironically, I don't know why. Uh, Did it, you enjoy it, it ironically? <laughs> Ironically, absolutely, but I still yeah. would recommend it. So I'm going to say like a 6.5. I, I know mm-hmm. that's incredibly high in probably, as far as the Bond movies that I've done. I enjoyed this, and I think that like I had a good time and really enjoyed... Even the bad parts for me were a lot of fun. I think that this is uh, uh, just a... This is, this is a good peak bad bond film and i think that you know i think that i would defend this as a quote-unquote bad bond film and i think that's the thing it's like even in the context of a bad bond film like you know she's annoying but i think that it's funny at some at some points it is hilarious how like goddamn bad she is and it's just like especially the latter scenes when she's like it's just like wow just jesus i i don't understand what what you're acting there but it's just rough man anyways uh, I guess I've come up on it a little bit since talking to y'all. There is a lot of cool stuff in here and a lot of just weird stuff. And it's kind of enjoyable, kind of just as a late more. It's probably my favorite of the late more movies since Moonraker. Now that I really think about it in terms of just like <laughs> the whiplash between all the different kind of tone stuff that's happening. And, um, I don't know. It's just got funny stuff like him breathing out of a tire underwater. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that is wild. Just, That's one of the things it, where I was like, did Mythbusters ever talk about that? I want to know how much that would not work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They did. They did. Yeah, they, they, uh, they. Th- you, you saw that thing, right? Like Mythbusters did the whole breathing out of a tire underwater thing. Oh, did they? I think. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, yeah. I, need to, I need to see oh, that. Nice. Um, yeah, they literally did that and had the clip from this movie. The uh, the evil plan especially is just so incredible that it's just it's fun to hear words like double earthquake in this movie. <laughs> so I'm giving it a five. Uh, it nothing in the movie is as good as the opening sequence, which is just definitely one of my favorites. Um, I don't oh. think I'd ever seen this before, but I'd heard that song before, and I just think I I don't know. It's like just the 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 80s taste of it is just like the most modern kind of. Bond, that is bond has been you know since i've done this kind of uh back to the beginning stuff uh rewatch with y'all so yeah I'm yeah looking Th- forward to see where it goes from here this is also i think one of my favorite intro sequences because i can tell all those stunts like this is also like roger moore's not been doing stunts for a while but this is aggressively put somebody in a ski suit so they can do the snowboarding like it's, it's like it's aggressively not roger moore like, oh yeah right like, yeah. just to the point of this is like they have like shots of him on a snow it's like they, they and you can see it i love it like every time they it's like very aggressive when they cut to him on the ski scooter because it's actually more and it's like a back rear projection in the background and he's like whoa 
whoa. And then the next shot, he's like sliding down the mountain on a thing, just doing all these insane stunts. And I'm like, oh, that's aggressively not more. It's just like it's, you know, before it was like earlier on, it was like believable and there's like actually cutting, but it's actually like interfering with with like the cutting of the movie that it's like so different how they're working. And I just I just find it really funny. It's just very obvious. Anyways. Yeah. Bad movie. Well, bad, I mean, bad movie. I don't understand why you don't think someone who was born in 1927 would know how to snowboard in 1985. <laughs> it just, I don't know why that's so Holy weird shit. to you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy yeah. fucking shit. It's Roger. So I, I I'm like, he, he was born in 1927. Jesus. Yeah. He was, he, he lost a long time, man. He made it to 89. Good for him. Yeah. It's kind of sad. 2000, he died in 2017. So that was what I was, kind of beginning to ask because i didn't want to ask if he's still alive sorry i felt bad uh yeah it, it's yeah, we, it's lost seven, two, we lost two since we just lost uh, pretty quickly seven. pretty quickly mm-hmm. yeah how's dalton doing he's sticking around he, he shows up at things he was in that show uh what's it called uh, uh penny dreadful he's very fun in that show he's he's, oh, he's like embraced dreadful, yeah he's embraced being oh. a big hand bone and he's good in yeah, that. yeah 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 he does a lot of stuff he was in uh i think our oldest now is uh, Lazenby. Lazenby's are oldest now. Yeah. Oldest Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Trevor, what was your Lazenby? score? Bond's I'll give it a five. Yeah, no, I, I buy that. I, I get you on that one. I, I'm not, I'm not defending this movie. This is a subject. This is for me, like a highly, like a highly, highly, highly subjective movie for me because I understand that I probably had a better time and I don't know why. Maybe I think it's because we take a break. We got to take a break between these things because I think I'm just going to enjoy myself a lot better. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, we give a view to a kill a 5.5 out of 10. So it's not a base recommendation, but it's, you know, it's a very passable bond film, which I think is, Probably a better review than I gave it. So, anyways, for the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. Goodbye. Ben Haworth. Thanks, y'all. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thanks for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Uh, you can t- check out all other content at the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's the TuscanShed.com. Go check that out where you can find out all our, about our other podcasts, including Animania. We just did Jujutsu Kaisen. We just actually released our Akadama Drive. Uh, it's an anime based off a lot of Tarantino movies. It's just a lot of colorful pastiche spout. It's a fantastic show, and you should check it out. Go check out our review to find out why. And then check so you can check out all our stuff over there. You can also, while you're there check out the pen and paper pod which is our lot which is our twitch live stream as well as our podcast i promise eventually i will update the podcast feed so actual episodes a lot of editing has to be done to get those things out we're going to be getting that out but we're every monday at seven o'clock 7 p.m est uh you can check out as trevor myself and uh, edwin and tanner go on an adventure in the land of novera with our evil villains as they try to destroy the world i don't know what you guys don't have a goal your goal you're generally in our campaign your goal is to survive to the next scene so <laughs> sorry trevor uh yeah uh, you can check out all their other podcasts you can see all check out old episodes of save point you can check out uh, a feast for bros you can check out live long and discover you can check out geek space nine check out all of our podcasting content at the tuscan shed media network a fantastic network to get all your shit just go do that just go over there do it then give us reviews on itunes we love that and head on over to our uh, facebook and uh, twitter uh, at the underscore movie underscore gang. I know. I regret it too. Uh, but check it out. Anyways, do that and head on over there. And one last time, from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast and by extension, the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Thanks for listening.